Hello and welcome to Well Branded, the podcast, a place where you and I get the opportunity to engage with interesting personalities from all over the world and explore the success behind their brands, their strategy, and their vision. Chloe Watts, welcome to the Well Branded podcast. I am so excited to finally get you to myself to ask all the questions I have lined up. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be speaking with you. Now, you've got an incredible company that you've created. Um, I've used it personally. I've been fascinated by the feedback, every call that I have with Jamila, the, the consultant that handles my account. I'm always sort of like, I can't be writing fast enough. I almost want to record the call to go back and play it 10 times. But that's all come from your design and your creation. So for people that may not know what Chloe Digital is, can you explain to us your, your brainchild, your baby? Sure. So Chloe Digital is essentially a membership for influencers offering tech support and digital strategy. So on the tech support side, we really look after influencers' websites. We do bug fixing. Uh, we back up the sites and we, we tend to take care of it. Um, or if they want to make any tweaks to it, we're available to do so. And then on the digital strategy side, we, um, we understand their where they're trying to take their business. Um, we really look at their goals, which is super, super important for us. And then we kind of map out a roadmap of the strategies they need to work on in order to achieve their goals. Now that's really incredible. Cause I think, I don't know in your market, but definitely in mine and some of the ones that I've done conferencing and stuff in the word influence is becoming a bit of a swear word. It's a mm. word that people that are actually content creating and creating a business out of it don't want to be called by. And people that are actually genuinely selling or creating ROI based on influence also are sort of not quite sure where that term and that word mm. fits in. Yeah. To me, I'm not really bothered about the word. If you want to call it influencer, content creator, blogger, whatever, I'm more bothered about what the intent is of that person and what message and what value they're trying to provide and how can we help them make the world a better place in some kind of small way. That is the most important thing to me. So whatever term people want to use in three years from now, I'm fine with it. That's really what's important for, for me and for the company. So for my main takeaways from my calls, I found it really fascinating to understand the science behind the technology. So for me, coming into that space, I created a blog and I sort of jumped on going, how can you guys help me create this into a bigger business? And there was so much back end knowledge on filters and apps and, you know, use Pinterest this way and use this that way. So in terms of content marketing and, and the ability to take someone sort of, and not everyone's plan to get into influencer marketing, let's be honest, a lot of us have sort of fallen into it or started a little job that became something bigger. What would mm -hmm. sort of be your advice for people that are in sort of that space to grow and to enhance where they are, particularly with the way the world looks at the moment? Sure. So for me, the most important thing is really understanding your why, you know, what, what is it that you're trying to achieve here and why are you trying to achieve it? I think sometimes the reason why um, influencer can be like a bit of a dirty word sometimes is because there's a lot of people in the space who don't have any 
bigger grand plan they're just seizing on the opportunities of the moment um, but for us we work with clients that aren't in that space we work with clients who are really trying to build successful businesses for themselves and their families so in order to do that we need to understand what is your overall goal like i said before what is your why what is your mission and what is the, the lasting legacy that you want to leave behind and then knowing that then we then can connect products and services and content etc to to that um, but if you don't have that at the core, you're just kind of following trends, seeing what other people are doing, seeing how they got a certain brand partnership, you do something similar. And it often comes off as, um, as not authentic because it's not true to you the way it is true to somebody else. I love the word you used, authentic, because in all the correspondence or the communications or the consulting that I've done in the last few years and months, that word seems to be something that you can't say enough of. Um, and I think one of the things I really want to focus on today is there's a huge sort of movement, particularly in this region, away from having a website, away from having a blog, away from having that space that you own, that you create, that you kind of curate to be that business that is driven by your mission and vision. And a lot of the focus tends to be sitting now on social media. So what are your thoughts on the importance of having that, which is something that I think I can't emphasize enough, but someone from your position would be in a much better position to sort of advise on. Yeah, I mean, the website is the foundation to any online business. So it's not even just because you happen to be have a blog or have a content site. It's the foundation of any online business, whether you have an e-com store, what have you, you have a membership site, whatever. So for me, it is very, very important. And for people who are taking the game seriously as a business, they understand that their website is important. You know, it's just like, for example, if you have a brick and mortar business and you only sell uh, via a certain wholesaler, you understand that that can't be the only way that you run your business. You need to think about, you know, um, being able to sell directly yourself and having control of that customer and that consumer yourself and it works in exactly the same way via social media you don't have direct control over that data in the same way that you do on your own website so in order to to make the best decisions for your business it makes the most sense to have that that place where you can do that um, and if you are thinking about this industry as a business then it would be a no-brainer for you to have your own website if we're talking tools, um, sort of website hosts, if we can call it that, you know, there's so many, there's the Squarespaces, there's the WordPresses, there's the list goes on and on. And the minute you jump on, you're so bombarded by sort of pop-ups and cells. And what is, if someone has gone, right, I'm taking this seriously, I'm moving away from Instagram, I want to invest time, invest money, make this my business. What would be the roadmap that you would sort of carve out for them? What sort of tools should they be looking at? What providers should they be looking at? What apps should they be using? Sure. So for me, one of my favorite or my favorite content management system is WordPress. And the reason why is because it's open source and it's free. Um, it's built by a network of incredible and talented developers, um, as opposed to your Squarespaces and your Wixes. Now, I'm not to say that those platforms are, are bad. I think they create super, super cool templates and it's, they have a very, very low barrier to entry if you want to create any type of website. Um, but the reason why I really believe in WordPress is for 
based the reason that it is open source. So it's more of a collective. And also because you can continue to build and build and build upon it as you grow your business, um, which you can't do in the same way with um, those other platforms. It's, it's a lot more rigid um, in, a, in, able to be do, sorry, in, in order to be able to do that. So um, that's why WordPress is my, is my favorite. I'd say then in terms of hosting, it's really important to find a hosting company that is a managed WordPress hosting company. So they tailor two sites on WordPress um, and you have enough space available within your hosting plan in order to do what you need to do. I definitely say do comparisons with hosting before you kind of get into it because a lot of the larger companies have a bigger marketing spend to show you all the adverts and show that you can make a website for $1.99 or you can do all of these things. And, and often they sometimes, or not sometimes, often they fall flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is important to make sure that you, your site is hosted on the right, um, with the right company so that you don't have any uh, long lasting issues. Now, when it comes to content, um, I had a few people that I spoke to the other day about content creation and that process, and there's content everywhere in today's world. What would be your sort of guidelines, your sort of, you're in a position where you have access to so much and so much information to share. How would you guide someone's content creation process? That's a really good question. So back to what I said before about your whys and your goals. I must tell you, if you're clear about that, the content becomes so easy to produce. When you're confused about that, that's when you're not sure what content you should be using and also platforms as well. Like, should I be on TikTok? Should I be on Pinterest? Should I be on Instagram? These are always the questions that we ask people. And I'm like, why? Well, I'm not going to blanket tell you whether you should be on TikTok or not. Does no, that I, I am not on TikTok. <laughs> I, I can't work out if it's because I'm not funny enough. I don't dance well enough or maybe just generally too old. But I just don't think. TikTok was made for me. Look, not any of those things that like you could find a way to make that platform work for you if it makes sense as part of your bigger business strategy. You know, I'm just not about just putting content out there for content's sake to be like, oh, I was able to do that. You know, cool, you want to be an early adopter, but think about once you're an early adopter, what does that mean? And how can you then leverage it for your bigger, bigger business goals? You know? Yeah. And I think that's really important what you just said, you know, align based on your brand story, based on your mission and based on your vision. Um, when it comes to sort of moving past that point, audience growth and knowing your audience is always critical. Um, you know, and I'm always cognizant of the fact that having X amount of followers on Instagram actually means nothing if it's not converting to ROI, if you can't sort of convert that to some sort of income, if that's your business direction. Now, membership sites is something that I feel in the last 12 months have become so popular. Everywhere you turn, there's a, a membership and I get, you know, the recurring income focus and that mm -hmm. has become great. It's something that I'm looking at myself. But what would be your advice having run a platform that successfully runs off a membership model for as long as you have? What would be your advice to people in terms of guiding that strategy for a recurring income membership based model? Sure. So I absolutely love the recurring model game changer. Um, for me, when I first started the business in 2014, a few years preceding that, I was already helping bloggers with their sites and providing ad hoc advice, similar to the advice I ended up turning into the membership. Um, but it was so quick quick and seemingly easy for me that I wasn't quite sure how to charge. Like when you're just freelancing, I wasn't sure what to charge. 
I would, you know, back up someone's site. It would take me five minutes and be like, oh, okay, well, you can just have that on the house because I don't know. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, charge yeah. you like hundreds of dollars for that. Um, so the great thing about the recurring plan is that you can set up, you know, a list of deliverables that you are going to give um, your customer every, sing every single month. And then they're happy to then pay for that every single month and they're also happy that maybe there's some months that they don't use it as often as they as they use on other months but they have the safety and security of knowing that they're part of this collective and that's why a cd has been so successful because the membership angle is really really important you know majority of the clients are women it is a collective and we are there to support them and we do make them feel like they are a member of something and partly even though they are getting this tech support and they are getting this digital strategy they're excited to be a part of this club and you know if your site is powered by chloe digital it means something um, and that's something that we've had to work on over time so i'd say memberships are you know a super great business model there's loads of amazing if you're doing on wordpress there's loads of cool plugins that you can plug and play and turn your website into a membership site um, connected to any a payment solution that you want to use so whether it be stripe or paypal we use stripe um, and those tools as well make it very easy for you to receive the payments every single month um, so you're not invoicing uh, and that's something that i used to have trouble with at the beginning i'd always be invoicing people and then you're, you're waiting six months like to, to be paid something basic um, so with the subscription model, it just like works like a direct debit. It takes money out of the person's account. Um, and also as a business model, why I love it is because it allows you to create, um, to work on pre predicted revenue. So then you can make decisions for your business based on what you know the revenue is that's going to come in. Absolutely. Now we've moved from sort of why you need to have it to knowing your audience and sort of how to retain them and retain the income that you would get from them. But mm -hmm. the question or the struggle that I know I've had and lots of my colleagues and friends have is the content generation cycle. So like Jamila used to be on my case every month going, um, you haven't posted in three months. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> the, the, the pressure or the calendar or the discipline behind that frequency, what is a good happy medium to say you should, and I know it will vary based on industry, based on brand based on style, but what is a happy medium in terms of how often you should be putting out content and then how to repurpose that content that you put out? For sure. So in terms of website, I'd say at least three to five times a week um, producing content, because when you're producing content on your website, you, you do so for different reasons. So for example, you might do a long form post that you're trying to rank well on Google. So you know it's not gonna benefit for you, for you today, but six months time it's gonna benefit. So you need to be thinking about that content. Then you might be thinking about your affiliate based content. So content that's gonna help you make money by the end of the month to help you going. So you need to produce that content. Then you might have your engagement type content, which is more of your personal, your authentic content, where people spend more time reading it. They then engage on your site longer, they spend more time, and then that helps you with SEO as well. So you have different reasons for doing different pieces of content, and that's why I feel like three to five is, is good. If you can't do three to five and you're doing less, then make sure that every piece of content is evergreen. Um, and when I say that, I mean it's content that someone could read in six months time and it will still be relevant. I mean, in that case, maybe don't have dates on your, um, on your blog so that when people come and they see that it was written six months ago, they might be off put to read it, but it, it might still be valuable uh, to read today. So I think that's super, super important. Um, and then in terms of, um, oh, what was your second question? 
repurposing content, which I think you answered with the, with the evergreen and being able to sort of pull, say, listicles out of a longer article and linking your articles. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So when you see your, your content as kind of a, a cluster in that sense, you usually have a pillar piece of content and clustered content around it. So from that pillar piece, you can then create additional piece of content that link back to that pillar, um, which is which then builds up your authority on a, a specific subject. Um, and that's what Google sees. Okay, well, she's an authority because she's got a lot of content around this, this subject. Um, but not only just repurposing on your site, it's also good to repurpose on social media. So whether you are turning a certain blog post into an infographic and you're putting it on Pinterest, or whether you're turning the tips into a, a, a swipe through and maybe doing three out of the five tips that you then put on your Instagram and then you say, for more tips, um, go back to the site or even on your YouTube, YouTube channel, if you so have one, you know, you could have elements of the conversation over there because YouTube's really good for SEO as well. And then you can say, I've added more tips back on my site. So using the different platforms and having them work together, having the site as the foundation and then kind of bringing things back together. Well, you sort of answered part of my next question, which was the relationship between your content that you own so your your blog or your website and social media because a lot of the time i feel we sort of imbalance that weight and spend a lot of time on social media content i know i'm guilty of that as well and you focus so much on that post and that caption and you write it in your notes and you think about it for ages and then when you come to your blog you sort of like oh i just need to get this up so let me think of something quickly where i think it should be the other way around <laughs> that's that's a really good point so how I see that is this, when you're working on your business, there's things that you need to do today on your business that's important for it to run like operations. It's, it's important, it has to be done now, it can't be left. But at the same time, you can't just work in the now for your business. You're also thinking, where do I see my business in one year? Where do I see my business in three years? And you're always planning on that as well. Or I'd hope that you would be doing that. So that's how I see social media. Social media is instant gratification. You put the post up, you get the likes, you get the comments and you're like, oh, that feels good. The website, you don't get that. You put the post up and you're just like, right, so post is up now. Yeah. What do I do? Like, is yeah. everyone going to flood and read it? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Yeah. But sometimes when you are doing your content on your site, again, back to those whole pillars and the, and the custom content, you're writing for a bigger purpose. Um, it's not always just for the people that's going to read it today. It might be the people that read it down the line. So because there's more that goes into it, I think that's why people neglect it often because it's, it's harder work um, than, it, than social is. But I, as again, as I keep saying, it is very, very important because if you're thinking about the long-term strategy of the business, it is important to get those reoccurring traffic back to your website. And you can do that by producing that good content there. Now you touched on it earlier, but Pinterest was something that I sort of had a rediscovered relationship with because of Chloe Digital. My calls mm -hmm. at Jamila sort of, sort of kept sending me back and back and back and back to Pinterest. And I started playing around with it and I use it religiously for shoots and sort of, you know, pinboarding ideas, but actually making the app work for my own business strategy was something that I was completely neglecting. So if you were to sort of highlight Pinterest, I know there's plenty of apps and they all have their own function in place, but I feel this is one that is just not focused on enough and at least not in our region specifically. Yeah. Pinterest is like such a good player and yeah, people don't talk about it too much, especially in our space, but it's an amazing player because it's 
people use it as a visual search engine. You know, like you said, you've, you've used it for yourself. I use it personally as well. So there, there has to be people putting the content on it that we are then uh, searching for. So when you look at it that way, then you can understand why it's important because you use it as a consumer. So the great thing about Pinterest as opposed to say Instagram is you don't just have to post something once and then it's like, it's gone. Like you can repurpose content a lot on Pinterest into your different boards at different times. And there's also tools that make it helpful for you. So one of them is called Tailwind, which helps it helps Pinterest be more manageable. Um, but we definitely say that you should be using Pinterest. Like I said, turning um, long form content from your site into an infographic or into something that you can then put on Pinterest, link back. Pinterest does really good for recipes as well when you are um, sharing recipes on your site and then pinning them to Pinterest. People use Pinterest to search for recipes. They can come across your, your website. One of the, in terms of stats, we always see Pinterest as the social, social network, if we were to call it, but I don't think they even call themselves a social network, um, as the, they always bring through the highest number of new users to a site over Instagram or Twitter or whatnot, because it is that discovery platform. Yeah. So you don't kind of want to sleep on it because you, there's an opportunity there to be discovered by a new audience. And then when you get them over to your site, find ways to convert them. Another one of the questions which links to Pinterest is the, the focus and the importance of good quality material. And obviously we know video is really coming up and it's really important. And we've definitely seen it over the lockdown. Everyone's on Instagram live, like everyone's making banana bread and everyone's on Instagram live. <laughs> so in terms of video platforms, if you were in a position to rank where people need to be placing their focus, because a lot of people are at that point where they go, I know there's amazing platforms. I can isolate the ones that are suited to my business. But if I've got this piece of content, where do I put it first? So do I go to YouTube before I go to IGTV? Do I do my interview on IGTV or do I do it on Zoom and then pop it on the podcast? I think that map of where content needs to be prioritized is quite a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. And there's no right answer. Like, I'm not going to say to you that you should do on YouTube first and then do a snippet on IGTV and then go on mm. Zoom. You have to trial and error and see what works for you and see what your audience gravitates towards. Some people have don't have a YouTube channel. They start it and they find, and they've got a, a good following on Instagram, but they find it very difficult to grow their subscribers on YouTube. So then they end up then creating an IGTV series. And I know that Instagram are continuing to develop IGTV. They're doing ads that you can now monetize off your IGTV. So they're trying to kind of take YouTube shine there. Um, so yeah. And also, like you said, doing like a Zoom or should we do a um, IG live? Like these are questions that people ask all the time, but it's to me, it's more like trial and error, seeing what works and seeing what, what your audience resonates with the most, getting feedback from them and then continuing down that path. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I, from personal experience, have found that really tricky. Like, and it's also down to you, if you choose a Saturday morning over a Saturday evening, you might think it's the app or the medium that's successful when actually it's just better suited to people's time. Yes. Um, so it ends up being quite a, quite a tricky, a tricky space to be in. So I think all in all, if people were to take away the key points from our conversation, it would be, you need to have a blog and a website to get on that. You know, WordPress is important. Social mm -hmm. media is important to plug and repurpose your content that way. But is there anything else that you think people really need to, to know and sort? Because people are still at home. They're sitting at home and they're thinking about how they can revolutionize their brand, how they can take things to the next level. What can they be doing differently? And the, the, the obvious thing as a result then is cost and budget. So 
do they then spend their money building a website? Do they spend their money on social media ads? Do they split it? Do they focus on SEO? If people are playing with limited funds at the, and I'm sure it's not an easy question. Mm -hmm. If they are playing with limited funds at the moment, you know, maybe thinking this is going to be where they put their bit of savings to really like kickstart that business or that dream they've been wanting to do. How would you guide them in terms of budget distribution? Um, I'd say start your budget with producing amazing content. That is always the key. So amazing content, beautiful, authentic to you and putting that out into the world. I think that is the first thing to do. Like when it's super real and super authentic, people do gravitate towards it. Um, whether that be via SEO on your site, whether it be you sharing it with your friends and then they share it with their friends and it becomes popular that way, whether it be via something going viral or not. If the content is good, people do find it. Um, it's not always needed in a, in a haystack, like people do find it. So I would say that when you are starting out, making sure that your content is really top notch is important. Um, but at the same time, there are loads of amazing tools that you can use to help you. So you've got things like canva.com, which is great for creating, um, imagery or like PDFs or, or something image based Canva's really great for, and it's free. You know, there are loads of free tools that you can use. I wouldn't necessarily say that you should start out by doing paid Google ads or paid social ads. They are super, super, uh, important for your content marketing funnel. But I think to start off with, you should stay in the organic space. So organic CEO, organic um, growth and engagement. And then that will get you into a rhythm where you're getting consistent with your content. You know, you almost need to like test yourself first. Like, are you going to be producing the content regularly enough? Like, do you have enough to say? Like, all of those things are important before you start spending loads of money and think because I've spent loads of money, yeah. it should now be successful because that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, content is the most important thing get yourself into a rhythm make sure that every piece of content that you produce is like super real and authentic to you and you're like you're really proud of it um and i would say that always make sure that every every piece of uh, content that you do produce you're always thinking about the person that you are speaking to and that's your target audience so what we talk about a lot at, at cd is of the buyer persona you know what are the personas of the people that are going to consume your content and then ultimately buy your product or service so when whenever you are producing that content you always need to be thinking about them and if you are then when they read it they're going to gravitate um to it yeah the other thing is always when you're creating content on your personal platform and then moving it onto your, your sort of business space, how true to you does that become? And this is a question I got asked this week is a woman has started her, her brand as a personal brand and then is sort of evolving into making that a business influencer space. So if someone is going to move from having their personal brand into a business sort of space and create a blog, how much of that needs to be quite curated and how much of that content should be quite raw and the way it has been in the past? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, that one is really dependent on you and how much you want to put out or not put out. I don't think we should force people all the time to like tell their whole life story if they don't want to. Um, so I think that's super important. And also uh, what your audience is kind of dictating as well. Like where, what are they gravitating more, more towards? Um, we work with a lot of influencers who do a really, really great balance of 
uh, their personal angles and content and also the business angle is completely possible. We also work with clients who like aren't the face of it and it's completely like, you know, you don't even see them. So it, it can depend, but most of the time I think it's led by the person themselves and, and what they feel the most comfortable with. Yeah. I don't know in your market, but at the moment, the, the trend of being super sincere and super raw and super, I'm going to be the one today to be honest and tell you that life's tough. So yeah. there's a lot of that kind of the sincerity trend going around at the moment. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're all in the same boat. We get it. It's tough. <laughs> but you know, that's, it's, it, trends are a weird thing, right? There's a lot of bandwagoning going on at the moment, particularly where I think people have been at home content's a little bit dry. So it's like, well, what's the trendy thing to talk about today? I'm going to do that authentically and have that sincere spin on it. So it's been very like interesting. Banana bread. Yeah, like <laughs> banana bread, exactly. <laughs> Chloe, I can't thank you enough for your time and, and everything that you've shared with everyone. It's been really valuable. Um, and I think having followed Chloe Digital myself for so long, I'm so, so impressed with what you've created and your team and everything that goes on. So for anyone wanting to join, is there a criteria, is an application process? How does that all work for people that are really keen on having your services and your team back them and guide them? Sure. So you just need to be passionate about something. You love it. You want to talk about it and you want to educate people about it um, and you want to help them. That's to me is the most important thing. And then we have different service offers available, uh, service offering available, which is on our website, chloedigital.com. Um, we don't have um, any prerequisites for joining. We help people at every stage of their journey. We just tailor our strategic roadmap to where they're, they're at. Sometimes people think, because we may feature someone who's super, super big, they get worried thinking, oh, well, I have to wait till I'm at this point. It's like, no, we have people who haven't even started their site yet and they're starting it now or people that have just started it uh, a month ago, or some people who still have a full-time job and they're blogging on the side. Like we have so many different types of amazing clients. Um, so to me, it's just very important that, like I said, you are passionate about something, that like you're passion-led because then that gets my team excited to help you because you're passionate about it. I agree. And I can say firsthand that I've, I've experienced the passion. I mean, I've let the team down a little bit with my... <laughs> lack of performance on my end but um the plan is to up the game but i do think that you know it was just a no-brainer talking to you because i think i could not emphasize enough to people how important having that web and that blog platform is particularly now i mean instagram can disappear in a day and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it yeah exactly that's like the key thing to know um and when you when you dream big and you think about you know where would you like your life to take you and what type of business do you want to create in order to to have that life then you know that you need to have something that you can control and that will always be your website and i think that's exactly it create the dream life right yeah what, what's the sure. saying create the life you want to live and that's exactly i think what you and the team do. So thank you so, so much for your time and for talking to me. Thank I know you. how busy you are. So I think that the information that we're able to share with people is going to really, really help them along. And we might get you back on for the next, the next phase soon enough. Be happy to come back. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Chloe. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on an episode of Well Branded, the podcast. Subscribe for the latest episode right to your inbox and pop by the website at www.bewellbranded.com. 
You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Be Well Branded, and I would love to hear from you. I hope to catch you on the next episode soon.